from Vistio. This is CXQA Live. A show where we talk to the world's leading CX experts about industry trends, CX technology, and transforming customer support into a streamlined strategic advantage for your business. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to CXQA Live. Sorry we missed you last week. Just some, you know how life is. Things happen, but uh, we are very glad to be back here. I was actually kind of disappointed that we had to cancel last week. However, we are back here and I, like, I'm, I am so excited. Anyway, let's get into it here. Welcome to CXQA Live, everybody. This is our weekly live discussion where we have the opportunity to speak with thought leaders and discuss the importance of the most valuable asset in your contact center, the agent. Here on CXQA Live, we believe that agents with the right tools, training, and connection with your company are going to be a revenue growth and protection center for your brand. They'll be the best diagnostic tool you have for your business. They will ensure that your customers are satisfied and connected. They'll produce more and better work, and they're actually going to want to stay and contribute to the well-being of your company. Now, I'm sure you guys know who this gentleman is over here. It's no surprise to anybody. But in case you have never had the pleasure, please allow me to introduce the Brohawk himself, Mark (laughs) (laughs) Not only is he the founder and CEO of Brohawk Solutions, he is also the president of the Austin Contact Center Alliance and host of the incredible Coffee Talk with Brohawk podcast, which I may or may not have been on. (laughs) Uh, Mark, I am very honored to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Jacob, the the honor is is all mine. I mean, to knowing the variety of guests that you had on CXQA Live, to just even be mentioned in the same ecosphere as as any of them is, is very humbling and an honor. So thank you very much for having me today. Yeah, uh, that's very humbling that you would say that as well. Mark, I'm not going to lie. Ever since uh, I did come on to Coffee Talk with Brohawk, I have been looking forward to putting you in the hot seat because we do get to talk to a lot of different people. And I think as we continue to bring on um, some of these bigger names, and yes, Mark, you are a bigger name in the contact center industry. (laughs) It's great having an opportunity to, to bring on somebody like you. I know in our episode of Coffee Talk, we kind of touched a little bit on something that's very, very important for agents, and that's kind of soft skill training. Mm -hmm. And the companies kind of build that muscle is through doing call simulation. So Mark, why don't you go ahead and get us started here? Tell us why should contact center leaders care about simulating customer interactions? Well, Jacob, over the most recent months, you and I have gotten to know each other you know, fairly well. And you know, I'm going to be a straight shooter on this. The number one reason why call simulations matter is because the mock calls that you do in training suck. I can't put it any other way. And no matter how you try and give somebody the look and feel of how a call is going to go, you can only do so much with mock calls. And so getting into some sort of simulated environment where you're bringing in not just this system knowledge that's needed, how to navigate, but it's really, it's really about walking and chewing gum at the same time. You know, let's simulate the environment that you're going to be when you don't have training wheels on anymore. When you, you're trying to improve a skill set, I'd much rather, you know, practice a thousand times 
you know, rather than just fail one time and, you know, have a ding on my QA or whatever like that. So I think call, uh, call simulations should be cared about because they set your team, your brand ambassadors up for success, and it creates that better customer experience because you're, you have more confident reps. That's why contact center leaders, in my opinion, should care about simulated customer interactions. Yeah, and I 100% agree with you. Obviously, we are very aligned on that. I do very quickly Mm -hmm. want to point out, Matt just said, we need ways to train agents that's better than throwing them on the phones. Trial by fire always burns agents. And it does. Preach. Yes. Right? Exactly. Yeah, preach. We're preaching here today. I hope you all are. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Doug, Brody, you're speaking my language. Yeah, I mean, this, this this is it, man. This is what it's about. And it's so crazy to think that there are contact centers out there that say, hey, you know what? You know how to handle a phone call, we think. Well, you know what to say. We give you our process. We've trained you on all these hard skills. But then if you don't really take the time to really, I I keep using this expression, but train that muscle, uh, that empathy muscle, if you will. Man, it's great if you have like the, the book smarts, we'll call it. But if you don't have like the street smarts, Mm-hmm. You're kind of going to be up the creek without a paddle, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, with that, Jacob, it, the street smarts is good, but doing call simulations can give you a, a conversational GPS. So what I mean by that is, like, like you said, you can have the book smart, the street smarts to know how to get yourself into a conversation, how to get yourself out of a conversation, but... Are you taking the customer where they are truly needing to to be taken? Is the end result resolution of that customer's reason for calling? Or are you just basically going through a process and, you know, saying, okay, you're calling to pay your bill. Here's what you do. Here's what you need. And, And it just becomes, you know, very monotonous. But call simulations can, and I love the way you talked about empathy, call simulations can bring in a little bit more of that empathy into the conversation and and be able to help the agent guide the customer to places that they didn't even know where they, that they could go, you know, to to a land far, far away. (laughs) Well, the reason I chuckle at that is because, you know, we are kind of experimenting with customer interactions with with Vistia. And sometimes it's really fun because whenever you're playing with an AI tool and Mm -hmm. you let the AI say what the AI needs to say, Mm -hmm. it it can throw you for a loop sometimes. I know we've, we've tried like interacting with a simulated customer and we've asked for the social security number. And depending mm-hmm. on whether it's, I don't know, 30 seconds past 12.02, or if it's raining slightly outside, we don't know how it's going to react. It's going to say, yeah, sure, <laughs> social, or no, sorry, I'm not going to do that. So then you have to fight yes. with it. But it's it's really cool getting able being able to create kind of those organic interactions. And yep. I think as AI tools continue to develop and learn, that's going to be something that we're going to start to see a lot more of. So it's really cool just kind of being a part of that. Now, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, I, I was going to say that, you know, you hit on the reason why mock calls suck, you know, because mock calls have a very prescriptive script. And 
as as someone who's done this type of training before, running somebody through a mock call, yeah, they get it. They listen to the person that just did the same exact mock call, and you know they're you know they're using some muscle memory to just get through that exercise, versus the AI driven call simulation that really you have no idea what's you can create a persona around the type of customer that that agent is going to be um, interacting with, but Mm -hmm. you have no clue how, how that persona is going to act or react to anything that's going to be said or how it's being said. And that's the most important thing is it's not what, but how and when and why. And AI can pick up on those nuances and really figure out how to get this, the, the interaction to be the best possible interaction with the best possible outcome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're absolutely right. Now it's funny cause you keep saying mock calls suck. I guess the big question there is why do mock calls suck? Why does agent role play suck? And what, what do we do to make it suck less? <laughs> Great question. Great question. I, I think that that's um, been something that I think trainers have, have really struggled with, you know, over the years. And, you know, Jacob, I've, I've been in this industry. I mean, you could be my son, you know, I've been in this industry for 34 years, you know, uh, almost 34 years. And, you know, the going all the way back, you know, we always used mock calls to talk about a specific part of a call flow. And it, most most organizations that I've worked for worked with before, they have some sort of predefined call flow. There's a lot of good ones out there. Uh, companies, you know, are you know, do a really good job of creating them. One of the things that the mock calls do is they do a really good job of giving you the green path, and whoever is that customer can guide how that green path goes. They don't do a good job to say, hey, there's a train coming. You have to stop and you have to reevaluate, you know, whether or not you can move forward with this customer or not. They don't do a good job of creating that empathy um, in that call, except, you know, using words. One of the words that I hate during mock calls is understand. I understand, you know, Mr. Matisse, that you're a little frustrated today. Oh, no that sets me off, you know, because no, you can't understand, you know, my situation. My situation is very unique to me, those types of things. But there's a lot of the the mock calls that would call for those, that type of verbiage in a lot of cases, because, you know, it's just getting through the process so you can hit that average handle time so that you can get onto the next call, et cetera, et cetera. I think mock calls really focus on call flow and, how calls need to be managed from a green path. Whereas a call simulation can say, hey, are you getting to a resolution that's going to create a win-win for the, and I hate using, you know, win-win, but the right resolution for that for that customer. Are they satisfied? If you were to get a survey back, how do you think this customer would actually rate you? You know, that type of thing. And allowing you to start analyzing the customer journey on that call through the lens of the customer. Mm. See, that's, that's important. What better way to understand the customer journey than to see it from their perspective? Yep. Exactly. That's that's something I feel like a lot of call centers are kind of missing the mark on is 
and don't get me wrong, you know, we talk about how important the agent is in yep. this. And it's in all of our messaging and whatnot. And CXQ mm -hmm. Live is all about the agent. Yeah. But at the same time, while it's great to empower our agents and do this and allow them to do this and to make them feel good and give them a good culture, we still need to connect the dots between doing that for our agents and then giving that same kind of experience to the customer. Mm -hmm. And that's really why, you know, we feel like focusing on the agent is the key to that, is, is that missing piece. How do we see things through the customer? Well, we look at it through the agent because the agent is already tied in very well with the customer and they yeah. know how these calls go and they know what's going to happen. And they know what's going on in Susie's life and why she can't pay the bill this week. It's really interesting. It's, it's really, really, really fascinating in a way too. It is. And, and I think that, you know, from a CX perspective, a lot of companies, I don't, I don't want to paint that broader brush. There are some, there are some organizations that view CX as more of a checkbox. Hey, mm. you know, we have, we have a CX czar. Okay. Well, what does that mean? Oh, you know, you have somebody that's filling that role. What are they doing and what impact are they having? Well, you know, they're, they're just yeah. making sure the surveys are coming out right. Okay, what are they doing? You know, yeah. what does um, that mean? <laughs> exactly, exactly. What does that mean? And so, you know, I, I think that having the focus on the agent to make sure that your people, processes, and technology are aligned to set that agent up for success is so critical. And that's where simulations can say, okay, we're going to give you this persona in an AI simulation. And we have the right person in the right seat, or we believe that we have the right person in the right seat. How are our policies impacting this persona? And it may change, you know, each time. Like, is it twelve o two? Is it raining out? Do we have sunspots in, in the uh, in the area? You know, what's going on? And then, how is this agent with the processes navigating through the technology that they have available to them to go ahead and create that great customer experience? And I think that it, it's so important that if, if the companies are just so focused on the, the agent and making sure that they're supported, well supported to be successful, is, is, and that's why simulations are so important. And I quite literally couldn't agree with you more on that, Mark. Yeah. Now, when we're talking about simulation, it does get a little bit iffy with some people because a lot of the simulation tools and you know our tool is an AI-based tool. And I yeah. think there's a big concern that as AI continues to develop and learn that, oh, well, now my AI is so good at handling this type of call that I can just completely remove my agent from the experience. So that really, for me, kind of begs the question. Call simulation is great for kind of building that empathy muscle and it's great for uh, figuring out what an agent's soft skills are and creating mm -hmm. space to hone them. So as more and more contact centers start to adopt AI, do we think that those soft skills are going to become more important or a bit less important because that's something that AI already knows how to train and has now figured out how to use it on its own? I love that question. <laughs> I love that question. Figured you so, would. I'm this many years old when IVRs came on the scene and they were supposed to replace every agent and every contact center was going to be agentless because IVRs were going to take over the world. Everybody wanted to do self-service. Okay, well, now the happy path from a from a CSAT score is how quickly can I get to an agent? 
can I get to an agent with the least amount of friction that's going to be able to help solve my problem? Because guess what? The bots, the self-service failed somewhere. And the importance of having the agent at the point of resolution so that the customer can go ahead and have confidence in your brand that they really care about the resolution that the customer is trying to get to is, in my opinion, paramount to anything that AI can do. You always have to have that plan A, plan B, plan C, in my opinion, when you're leading a contact center org. Plan A is, yeah, get the low-hanging fruit, you know, password resets. Yeah, th- those things can can occur. Great. Plan B, um, next level, I just want to pay my bill or I want to place an order for this specific product. I don't want you to talk to me. I just want to place the order and uh, get my tracking number, et cetera, et cetera, whatever the situation is. Then comes the, okay, I want to learn a little bit more about this product. And I want to talk to somebody that can really help tell me the differences or share with me the differences. Yes, some of that can be done through websites, through self-service. Yes, bots can do that. But when I'm at that point of a decision that I'm really trying to get some, some of the nuances, I want to talk to a human. I want to talk to somebody that's, that's, that has some experience using these types of, of products and tools. And a lot of organizations, their brand ambassadors, their agents are also users of their products or services too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so who else better to, to evangelize on the benefits and why things work and, hey, things you need to work, watch out for is that human interaction. And so I don't think that as good as AI can get, that it's ever going to replace the level of empathy and the reason why somebody calls into a contact center isn't because they're bored and they have nothing else to do. It's because they want to have that human connection. They want to know the why, the ins and outs. They, they have multiple questions. And, you know, AI may get there at some point in time. In a lot of cases, there's, there's companies that, that, have, that have managed their AI to, to do those types of things. I applaud them for that. But at, at the end of the day, I, I don't think there's ever going to be a replacement for having some level of agent engagement with, within the customer journey. Yeah. And Mark, I definitely fall into that category of if I call into the contact center, it means I've tried every other solution. I love mm-hmm. self-service solutions, right? If I forget a password, yeah. password reset, easy done. I can do that on the website. Yep. If I need to update an address, I can log onto the web portal, just update it there. If mm-hmm. I'm talking to somebody, that means that I have a much more complicated issue and I don't want to have to trial and error with a bot where they ask me, is this my problem? And I say, yes. And it says, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. That's mm-hmm. that's activating in its own right to actually have somebody there that, and we kind of talked about this before the show as well in our mm-hmm. green room, if you will, where there needs to be some recognition of the fact that I'm talking to a human mm-hmm. and in instances where you have an agent that's speaking off of a script, why not have them say, oh yeah, by the way, uh, I have to say this because this is my script. I think it sounds goofy and silly, but even just kind of being able to say that to somebody else makes them realize, oh, okay, you're not just, you're not just putting me through the process. I'm not just a means to an end. You're being transparent with me and saying, hey, yes. this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm helping you. And I shared that story with you that I had with that agent that just mm-hmm. went into their spiel. And I'm just sitting there like, 
Now I have to wait 10 seconds while you give me your spiel that I don't need to hear because I already know everything that's in it. Um, yes. But all of that could have been avoided right with a little more transparency and giving the agent that freedom to do so or yep. giving them the ability to say, yeah, sorry, this is scripted and I have to read this to you. Well, okay then. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't get that same kind of freedom with AI. You don't. AI is, is trained on whatever you train it on. So I, I, yep. I guess... Moral of the story is your bot is only as smart as your knowledge base is. And that's that's going to be really important, too, as we continue to train this AI is what's your knowledge base look like? What data are we feeding it? How complicated can these calls get? You know, we just went to CCW and I saw a lot of different solutions that handled basically those tier one calls, which is great. And then when you ask the question, well, what happens when somebody calls in? They can't pay a bill because they just got their house repossessed and like they're about to file for bankruptcy. Like, what do you do then? It's like, well, then yes. they have to talk to an agent. It's like, okay, good. So we're all on the same page there. <laughs> yes. I, I love that you brought up knowledge, uh, Jacob, because knowledge is an experience difference maker for contact centers. And as an example, the agents, when someone calls in and asks them a question, they don't know, what do they do? They do uh, the equivalent of a Google search or a Salesforce search. They, they look for a knowledge article, okay? They have the choice. Do I want to do a highly rated one or, you know, a lower rated one? Usually they'll go with, with a higher rated article. And they'll, they'll go ahead and just say, hey, yeah, this is, this is the answer. This is, what, this is what our knowledge base is saying. Or this is what the information that I have is saying. The knowledge that the agents are sharing is only as good as how often it's been updated, how you know version control is is being kept up, and and I would say also that knowledge base the agent is using is also being used by you know on your website on this on that. So if you have agents picking knowledge articles that are not aligned or they're not version controlled to where your website or your self-services, that's kind of a problem. And that's where I say, if you're not pulling the right experience levers with your knowledge, you can have a negative experience with a customer unintentionally. And then who gets hurt on that, on that evaluation? It's not your knowledge base, it's your agent. And what's the agent gonna do? Oh, you know, the heck with this, I'm out of here. And all of a sudden you have an attrition problem because you know, the, the customers are smarter than your frontline agents and, you know, nothing's aligned and all this other stuff. So companies that, that are, that focus on knowledge alignment are going to have the best experience drivers, you know, going forward in, in my opinion. Yeah. It's, it's super important to keep that knowledge database updated. I think he's still in here, but Doug Raybald, Every time he comes on to CXQA Live and we get into the, the conversation about knowledge database, yeah, um, the term that he always uses, and it makes me chuckle because I think about how accurate this is for a lot of contact centers. You have to go in and find the knowledge artifact, not article, <laughs> the artifact, because you know that thing hasn't been updated in years. Yes. yes. <laughs> that thing's almost a knowledge antique at this point. Hey, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick a quick plug for Doug Rabel because he's gonna be one of our panelists on our quality and training panel at ACCA hey. uh, here later this week. So you know, we love having we love having Doug. 
as part of our event. And uh, no, he is he is spot on. They are not. You want to get out of anthropology uh, lessons when you're doing your training and more into, you know, future learning, you know. Yeah. Uh, so. But I, I just I had to share because and yeah, he's, yeah. he's in the chat right now. Woot, woot. Because he's yeah. gonna be, <laughs> but yeah, I had to shout out Doug because the first time I heard that, I'm like, was that a mistake or was that said on purpose? And then he kept saying it, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, no. knowledge artifact. He's making a statement here, Doug. We're gonna talk about that later, my friend. Yeah. Okay. He said, I began using artifacts several years ago when we made our first stab at video knowledge. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's that's somebody who's felt it. <laughs> well, Mark. <laughs> yeah. uh, we are about two minutes out from the end of the show. So really quickly, uh, before we sign off here, what are some of the other ways that you've seen simulated customer interactions outside of role play, outside of like these mock calls? Like what, what have you seen that's been pretty cool? So one of the things that, that I'm exploring now is how can we go ahead and bring customer interactions? Let me back up a step. So in the call center, who are the customers? Okay. In the call Typically, center, the customers? Yeah. Yeah, so you know, typically people will say, "Oh, well, they're they're the people that are calling in, or they're sending an yeah. email, or something like that." Mm-hmm. And years ago, we used to say, "Well, what about the person sitting in the chair taking those phone calls? Are they customers? You know, um, internal customers. Internal customers. People forget about them." And so, I think one way that customer interactions can be simulated is what about from a coaching perspective. You know, how can I be a more effective coach? How can I develop my frontline agents better? How can I develop my frontline supervisors better by having those tough simulated conversations? I can create a persona that does just about anything, right? Mm-hmm. You know, how can I go ahead and um, have those better interpersonal interactions so that when I get in front of, you know, uh, when I get in front of Jacob, um, I know exactly where the potholes may be in this conversation. And I think that's important. And when you, you, when you can integrate customer interaction or, you know, internal coaching, you know, models and stuff like that into uh, some sort of simulator, and then you can, you can create the persona or implement the persona of the person being coached into that simulation, I think it's a huge win-win situation because then guess what? The agent potentially will feel more valued because you're communicating with them in a way that they want to be communicated with. You're, you're practicing those communication strategies in a way that they want to be communicated with. And you're not talking at them. You're, you're having a conversation with them. Um, mm. I think that's, I think that's an unexplored area. Um, and it's one that for me, I, I'm, I'm starting to have a little bit more focus on how can we make this happen? So, yeah, that's really cool. I love that. I love that you're focusing on the internal customers. Uh, yes. I think everybody gets so caught up with the external ones. They forget who's sitting in those seats and like how much value they actually have, not just butts and seats, right? These are mm-hmm. actual people who need that same kind of treatment that we give our very own customers. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Mark, I hate to say it, but we have actually reached time on the session. We're a minute over, but man, I tell you, this has been a great conversation. I feel like we kind of got into into the meat of what call simulation is and and why it matters. 
Mm-hmm. So, man, I got to say, thank you so much for being here. Uh, guys, if you have some time, we are going to be hanging out at the discussion table. So as soon as the session ends, we're going to hop into that table and maybe carry this discussion further, have a conversation, maybe even ask you, what are you having for lunch? Right? Because it is yeah. lunchtime, at least here. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, Mark, again, thank you so much for being here. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. And don't forget to go make a difference in the world today. See ya. There you go. Thank you, Jacob. Yeah, we'll see you around. <laughs> All right. To listen to a recording of this and other episodes, visit vistio.io forward slash podcasts. And to join our show live each week, go to vistio.io forward slash CX live.